Hey guys, welcome to the debrief. This is our episode after the episode with Dan Elitzer on the app chain thesis. This is, um, have we ever done an app chain thesis specific episode before? Actually, this was, uh, the uni chain, I guess, but it's kind of related. Yeah. Um, I, you know, similar to maybe our Zaki yeah. and sunny episode about cosmos, but also, also different and coming from someone that's not in the cosmos ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What have we, have we articulated this thesis ever on bankless? It was a part of the Zaki and Sunny episode. I think mm. this was more acute in that it was more precise about why the app chain thesis exists to begin with. Because the Cosmos thesis is broader than the app chain thesis, although the app chain thesis is got to be probably the most core pillar of the Cosmos thesis. Um, but I think this was simply just a more precise definition of the incentives for why things naturally converge in an app chain world. I think there there's a question in my mind of like what do you how would you answer this question? So um I don't think Cosmos owns the app chain thesis. Mm -hmm. I think there was a time where that was maybe more true. Correct. Yeah. Uh in the same way that at one point in time Ethereum owned the smart contract thesis. And now yeah. there are many um chains with smart contracts. Right. There was a, a time when I would say Cosmos, their central reason for for being was to create this kind of network constellation of app chains and so it is essential to the cosmos uh reason for existence it's not necessarily central to ethereum's reason for existence but i think the app chain thesis is very compatible with ethereum as well particularly um roll-ups and the things that we've been exploring with uh, with layer three, uh, another I guess maybe sister or cousin episode to this one, um, could be our layer three episode with uh, Steve from zk Sync, where yes. we talked about zk Sync and other zk EVMs going this direction, also Optimism Arbitrum going this direction, being a platform for app chains. So a layer two acting as a platform for this network of, of app chains. The advantage of that, of course, is they are settled on Ethereum ultimately. And so do not have to bootstrap their own security and validator set. And also there seems to be another topic I think we need to explore a bit more deeply in Bankless, um, kind of like a an interoperability benefit, like a security benefit. Um, this idea of like, bridgeless chains yes. Um, that yes. I don't know exists on the Cosmos side to the level it could exist. And the basic idea, and I'm not going to articulate this very well from a technical perspective, the basic idea is you have a whole bunch of app chains that are built on the same layer uh, two and they all settle down to Ethereum ultimately, then going from chain to chain is a very seamless process or can be a very seamless process from a user experience perspective also from a like a, a you know, standard standardization of security perspective you, you said very seamless i yes. think take away the word very like teleport seam seamless yes more teleport than bridge yeah mm -hmm. and maybe maybe cosmos can get there too maybe there is a suite of technologies that allows you to kind of like bring these chains together in, in that way as well. Or or maybe there's some kind of a hard constraint given that they use different uh, settlement layers ultimately. And, you know, 
Anyway, I, I guess one question I have for you is, is coming out of this, maybe there's two questions coming out of this, uh, do you subscribe to Dan's app chain thesis? And then what does that mean for Ethereum and Cosmos and these kind of dueling perspectives that we've been seeing? I do subscribe to Dan's app chain thesis, and mainly it's because I don't have to unsubscribe from any other previously held thesis to accept Dan's app chain thesis. Just add the model. You just add it on. You're right. It's not, it doesn't take away from anything. It just adds another possibility, right? Like Uniswap doesn't have to close down its Manhattan storefront, the, the biggest and most important storefront that it has in order to go and produce the land of Uniswap. You know what I, I, what I was thinking about while we were doing this podcast? I didn't want to bring it up because it's a massive rabbit hole that was adjacent. But like, What's that? Debrief it's time for rabbit holes. Yeah, right. Uh, the Bellagian Network State idea, where first we have a really valuable community in the middle of Manhattan. And then that community is so valuable and so large and so capable that it goes and builds its own network state. Uh, and it, and it goes, but like in blood, the Blagian network say is like literally a actual group of humans that go and like buy land somewhere and go set up that physically. The model here is that Uniswap exists on like the Ethereum layer one, the Manhattan, and then they are so powerful, capitalized, useful that they go and build off their own network state. And that is an app chain. That's what an, that's what an app role app is. Uh, and so there's like a metaphor here or a connection here between like the Bellagian network state where like the Uniswap network state is its own rules, its own sovereignty, um, all, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and that's, again, like it goes back to why, uh, why I definitely subscribe to the AppChain thesis is Uniswap gets to keep its embassy, gets to keep its main storefront uh, where all its current revenue goes. And it gets to add in another product, another thing in addition to that, where maybe you are going to Uniswap every single day of your life and maybe you would stop like having to deal with the traffic and congestion and the subway system of manhattan or to put into ethereum words the layer one gas fees and mev of ethereum and so like okay i am such a uniswap power user that i'm going to go sign up for an account on the ethereum or on the uniswap app chain uh and i will just do all I'll have all enough of my is, assets is, to get in this, that done over there. In this world, is liquidity shared? If I go to the Uniswap app chain, am I getting access to the liquidity of the Uniswap main chain? Not atomically, but I think yes. liquidity providers will bridge the liquidity between these two things and make it effectively shared, not atomically shared. Effectively shared is kind of from a UX perspe- uh, perspective mm-hmm. the same as being shared. I think these kind of things Almost, would be- not quite would be necessary preconditions almost for like some adoption, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I think some people think in their heads of like, oh, so you're gonna create your own Uniswap chain. It's gonna just be on its own in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And where's the liquidity gonna come from? Like, why are people going to use that rather than Uniswap on mainnet or Uniswap on some you know, EVM optimistic rollup or something? Um, but the idea is we would be able to bridge or share liquidity in some way. Yes. And so it will feel very seamless to mm-hmm. enter the Uniswap um, chain. Mm-hmm. Well, but, but what about the second part of my question, which is like, I'm still stuck on the why cosmos thing. And I know we've been exploring cosmos, um, like, like a bit more, um, recently, but I, it's hard. I I'm I, all things being equal. So I understand why people are building uh cosmos app chains now. And it's because like, um, tendermint, 
the SDKs, the tooling around spinning up an app chain is so much better in Cosmos right now. Mm-hmm. Like they have had years to like yeah. make that years really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that they're way ahead of uh, Ethereum when it comes to like SDK, SDK and spinning up app chains. Um, but supposing Ethereum kind of caught up, got to a place of equivalence, relative equivalence from a dev tools perspective, then it's not clear to me why you would do a Cosmos um, app chain rather than mm-hmm. a layer three app chain. Why? It's the similar kind of economic argument that Dan made, which is like, mm-hmm. I can either pay for security over here or get it for free or like at right. super low cost over here. I'm going to do the low cost one. How about I pick that? Now, Dan's response to that was a little bit like, well, there's more than economics at play here. Like you have to think about, you know, the ability of the team to execute and network effect and the power of their business development and mm-hmm. all of these things. And um, so I, I, I think that maybe those factors are in play, but I, but I also don't see why those factors couldn't come into play, you know, on kind of why isn't it just layer threes competing against layer threes with like better business development? You know, like, I guess I still don't understand why you'd build kind of that, that an app chain in Cosmos versus um, a layer three in Ethereum. And maybe it's just because that's the thing that's here and maybe Ethereum never gets there or maybe there's some other reason. Do you have an answer to this? Uh, Yeah, so I think if uh, Bankless listeners have been paying critical attention and connecting the dots, the two two of the big things that happened at DevCon uh, was ZK Sync's layer three Pathfinder testnet announcement and Optimism's OP stack, uh, Optimism's Bedrock. These are the equivalent of SDKs for Cosmos's IBC coming out of the Ethereum layer two teams. And those are just two of the layer two teams. Uh, Polygon also wants to chase down the layer three thesis. Uh, Arbitrum has like the AnyTrust um, type of rollup where anyone can build up their own trust model using Arbitrum. I don't know if the Arbitrum has the comprehensive of like the super, like what Optimism is calling the super chain, where it is straight up like the supermarket for chains. Um, but like, they're trending towards it and like they both optimism and arbitrum seem to be trending towards the same thing anyways but um i mean pick your layer two team i think i think all layer twos all ethereum layer two teams have realized that like oh all a layer two is is a router for a network of layer threes and that router for the network of layer threes is the equivalent of the cosmos sdk toolkit uh where like the ibc is like the thing that bridges many 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 chains and then Optimism layer two ends up ultimately just being a router for the uh, many, 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 uh, they don't like the word, no one in the Ethereum layer two ecosystem likes the word layer three, because this actually doesn't, on a technical level, it's wrong, but like uh, when I talk about it here, it's it's right enough, directionally correct. But there's just like a network, a fractal network of chains. In the same way Cosmos has a fractal network of interconnected blockchains, the Optimism super chain, what they're calling the super chain, is a interconnected network of chains where you actually don't have to like go down in that drop-down menu and select a new network to integrate every single chain. And that is something that uh, I don't think Cosmos has. Not aware uh, of that. Not aware of that. Unless there's some sort of super bridging type right. of thing. And, and that is like the cool cryptographic security thing. That is this a weakness, I think, of the Cosmos IBC system over uh, a shared security model of layer twos. Uh, somebody more technical on that needs to double check that 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 is true. That's my strong intuition, however. Uh, and so my, my answer to you is like, 
the Cosmos, cool. Cosmos SDK is like one thing, but like we have the ZK Sync Pathfinder equivalent of this. We have the Optimism OP Stack Bedrock equivalent of this. Um, ZK uh, uh, Starkware is going to do something in the same realm. Um, it's just uh, three Scroll years behind. Is Yes, but like accelerating quickly and also they get to ride on the Ethereum's network effects. Right. With like, yes. Um, but how about the, the, like, I would like dance brain. I would love some like dance brain. You know how you walk through the economics of Uniswap is like mm -hmm. walk through the economics of um, your own independent layer one app chain versus a layer three. Right. Like, like do those economics too, because I think that's... Remember, I, I, remember, like your own app chain layer one needs issuance, issuance to know, pay issuance for security. Issuance is so damn expensive. It's so expensive. People, it's the most expensive thing that crypto. It's the reason why every single, like almost every single layer one, uh, and most app chains or most apps are like still in the red, is that we keep on issuing. Like layer ones issue for security, you can't get around that. But apps keep on issuing for like yield farming and DeFi farming, which we still need to get rid of. Um, the best thing you can do for the value of your asset is to stop damn issuance. Uh, and that I think can only really be solved in the layer two, layer three landscape where with a shared security model of Ethereum. Look, do you remember this? Stop the damn issuance. This is money printer, yeah. moneyprinter.info. Issuance is issuance. too damn high. <laughs> the issuance is too damn high. This is the issuance of some major chains. Oh my God. I haven't looked at this since. Oh, wow. Ethereum? Ethereum is missing because there's probably a bug in David, uh, Michal's website. That's why it's not there. It's got to be pretty uh, pretty low, though. Uh, but... Well, I'm looking at ultrasoundmoney.right right now because we've been burning almost like two weeks straight in a row, a row now. We are at 0.05% issuance since the merge. And how much money is that, I wonder, per day? Uh, Does it show you that on ultrasound money? I can calculate it. Um, well, daily issuance for something like Bitcoin. Let's go Bitcoin and Cardano. Bitcoin is issuing, so spending on network security through right, inflation. Roughly a quarter million dollars a day. Quarter a quarter million a day? Yeah. A quarter million. So it's below Litecoin. Yes. <laughs> in terms yes. of its daily issuance. So Bitcoin costs about, um, at, as we're recording, 17 million per day. <laughs> 17 issuance million cost. of issuance a day. And it's That's, Bitcoin. It's the 21 million hard cap one. And remember what issuance does is, is it pays for economic security. So it nice. pays for the kind of the military. And so Cardano is um, 2.8. I guess Solana's not on here anymore. Like some of the, I, I miss it, those. It, they, wonder, keep on, they keep on bugging out. Yeah. David Mihal not able to get the metrics in because they keep on bugging out. But then there's Do Dogecoin, 800,000. Litecoin, you're saying Ethereum is about 250,000. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's a rough, um, rough estimate, yeah pretty low and like if you are your own layer one chain you have to be paying in the hundreds of thousands in order to be secure or millions per day if you're a uniswap and there's a lot of value at stake there mm -hmm. if you get kind of like economically attacked so mm -hmm. you're already in kind of the tens of millions and so if you launch uniswap as an app chain as your own layer one like why would you do that economically mm -hmm. millions of dollars in costs when you could just like bring that down to, I don't know, tens of thousands, hundreds of right. thousands. You still have yeah. to pay Ethereum something to mm -hmm. settle, but like v very little. Mm -hmm. And so that that's the economic argument that I don't, I don't feel like it's been answered for me, David. Oh, I'm, I mean, I feel like that's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what does Dan see that? I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I understand why um, Cosmos people wouldn't see that because it's just like, 
I mean, that's not what Cosmos is doing. Maybe they think that, I think that they think that um, part of the answer is maybe convergence. Mm -hmm. This idea that, um, that atoms uh, become kind of like shared security for large groups of app chains. So they split the costs of security from one independent app chain to this mesh mm -hmm. of many different app chains. I don't know how well that's going to work out. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like a lot of coordination. It sounds like a, a very, a lot of coordination and coordination is hard and expensive. It's also like a lot of, I feel like uncertainty, like security yeah. uncertainty, where it's yeah. kind of like this. Interdependencies. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of this mushy thing where you're like, oh, how right. secure is this? I don't know. What's is the it, is it? Is it a fair like metaphor to call like all of like inter interdependent security is also what calls like World War One. <laughs> Like alliances with alliances with alliances yeah. with alliances. Uh -huh. I'm like, hey, right. if you if you attack if you, me, then if you if you like take out the keystone, like it all crumbles. I don't know. Maybe that's not. Maybe that's not how it works. Yeah, I mean, it, I I do like the nation. I do like the kind of the nation state uh, analogy of like. Um, I think there will be different. Um, do you know how like the the U.S. provides essentially the military for much the of the world, Western anyone world? that uses the dollar, yeah for the for the dollar but like like um you know canada doesn't need to maintain military right, right. against you know threats of, of russia or anything because they know the us is going to protect them etc and so they can kind of outsource some of their military budget as it were mm -hmm. to uh the united states uh not have to pay that security and they get some of the benefits mm -hmm. but they have to do things like i don't know treaties with the us they're too small they're, they're almost under the us's sphere of influence yet they're still a sovereign nation yeah, I just think that our final um, multi-chain world is going to look very much like this. We'll have like these dominant nation-state empire powers with reserve currency status, and then we'll we will have like states in between them that are like actual, you know, like U.S. states. They're part of kind of the federation, and then you know a a chain like Ethereum might also have like um, protectorates. Where it's mm -hmm. just nations that have their own sovereignty but are kind of outsourcing their security to ethereum in some way there might also there definitely will be other layer ones with their own kind of security apparatus i don't know i, I think it'll fall like somewhere like that where there'll be all of these different um security alliances that chains make between one another but i do still believe in a a dominant uh, security force that that accrues a lot of the the network effects um mm -hmm. highest degree of utility so i, I don't think that that has been shaken by the app chain thesis for me, at least. Oh, I'm, I'm definitely with you there. Uh, I want to bring up the different categories of types of DeFi apps that are more conducive to an app chain than less conducive to an app chain. Uh, right. and, I, and so like, I think something like MakerDAO, MakerDAO is like a low velocity app. You're not supposed to be using MakerDAO on a daily basis. Like you're supposed to touch it very, very little. It's the central bank of crypto. It's at the very bottom. It's this money money issuer, not this money borrower or lender like Compound or Aave. And so like MakerDAO, I feel like is the coldest of all DeFi apps. You're supposed to touch it the least. Um, and then the next higher up might be something like Aave or Compound, which is a money market, uh, borrowing and lending, matchmaking between two people. So that starts to get a little bit warmer. There's like a marketplace there. There MakerDAO is on a marketplace. It just sets interest rates. Compound and Aave is a marketplace. So things get a little bit hotter. And then on top of that are, I think, our DEXs, which are much, much hotter, like Uniswap and SushiSwap. 
And so I think like in the protocol sync thesis, like the DeFi apps that are super low down in the protocol sync, maybe that's not the right way to articulate it. But anyways, like high volume apps with like where fees are based on volume make a lot of sense for an app chain. Uh, low volume apps that aren't touched frequently that don't have like there what and what MEV is associated with MakerDAO? Like very, very little. Um, the only thing is like the race to liquidate vault positions, but users are supposed to not get liquidated, right? Same thing with like liquidations on Compound or Aave or like Euler or any like money market thing. Uh, and so like, I don't know, how many DeFi apps does it like categories? Does it really make sense to have an app chain? I could, I can see a world where it's like just trading. It's just trading. Well, it's, I, I agree with that. And like to add some more, it's not just about frequency of interaction with the app. It's about kind of the categories to the mm -hmm. extent that there is more MEV extraction mm -hmm. and to the extent that there are, are more like gas fees, essentially right. transaction fees, that's going to be incentive to move to an app chain mm -hmm. and something like MakerDAO. I mean, doesn't have very much of that. Like very little MEV, very, very little transactions. So very little gas costs. The ratio of the value you get out of MakerDAO versus the gas costs it takes to do that is low. So I don't see a MakerDAO app chain like ever. Chain. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I think that yeah. I think that makes sense. And that fits in the category of like, well, okay, what what actual like data point do we have about like DeFi apps that have produced app chains? DYDX, yeah, which trading. is an exchange. Like went from high MEV, high MEV, right? High volume, high, transaction high fees. fees. Yeah. Um, well, no, because it was a layer two. Uh, but like lit transaction fees to get on the D on to DYDX. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? If it was all on chain, yeah. it would be like yeah, yeah, high yeah. transaction yeah. fees. So like the yeah. one time, the one uh, app that we've seen go into the app chain world was a was an exchange. Um, so there Is might it just there, exchanges. It might just be exchanges, <laughs> and it, honestly, it might just be Uniswap, dude. Like what if Uniswap is the only one that like actually follows through on this like app chain thesis? Oh, well, then that would break what Dan's, uh, Dan, Dan's uh, strong articulation of app chain thesis, which was like, not just Uniswap, not just trading, but top right. five DeFi apps. Right. Well, if they're on app yeah. chains. Yeah. But I, I do think there's something to that. It's like, you don't really have the incentives to migrate to an app chain unless you have really high MEV that you're paying to someone else. Mm-hmm. Or, and you have really high transaction fees that you're paying to someone else. And that someone else is, of course, ETH validators. Right. If you're paying high taxes, high rent, high service fees, whatever you want to call them, then you're going to be incented to move to your own app chain. If you're right. not, then you're just fine in right. Manhattan. Where so you like are. Uh, looking at the burn leaderboard on the 440 day timeframe, which I think is since EIP 1559 got kicked yeah. in, yeah. Uh, ETH transfers is number one, uh, but that's, that can't be an app chain. OpenSea is number two. NFT specific app chain? I don't think so. That would be no, interesting. They, they're just an aggregator of yeah. mm -hmm. many different NFTs. Right. Coming chains. in coming in third, I'll put numbers on this thing. 244,000 Ether burnt from ETH transfers. 230,000 Ether burnt from OpenSea. Coming in third, Uniswap V2, 140,000 Ether burned. And that's where we start to get, uh, that makes sense. Uh, coming in number three, Tether. Uh, 116,000 ether burnt. So payments uh, coming in fourth, Uniswap V, uh, fifth, Uniswap V3, 100,000 ether burnt. So Uniswap V2 and V3 combined 240,000 ether burnt. 
those two, when you combine Uniswap V2 and V3, you basically, it's tied for number one with Ether transfers with ETH burn. Um, after that, another OpenSea contract. After that, other deeds is NFT. After that, MetaMask, the swap router, also an exchange, 50,000 Ether burned. Um, I don't see many of these to migrate. Yeah, I only see Uniswap. <laughs> like Maker's not on here anywhere, nope. is it? Nope. Uh, I, I'm keep scrolling down. No Maker. Yeah, one inch exchange. Sushi swap exchange. It's, Maybe ENS? It's going to be more, I think oh. it's about more, like I know Dan used the Uniswap uh -huh. analogy, right? Or the, the Uniswap as an example here, I should say. Uh -huh. But it's probably more that new apps, not like the next frontier mm. of building are not mm. going to be building on mainnet, probably. Mm. They're probably going to be building in a layer two EVM, or if they're more conducive to app chains, their own app chain. So it's probably less about the existing leaderboard and all of, and more about all of the future apps that we can't yet conceive Interesting. of. Interesting. And like where they're going to be built. I think like some for some reason my intuition goes to the treasure ecosystem on side of Arbitrum. Um, they they're a very robust ecosystem. It's not just like one or a few contracts. It's like many 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 contracts. I think the key to like are you going to be your own app chain or not is like how much dislocation do you have. And so when you trade on Uniswap, you are dislocating Uniswap pools. And so some MEV bot needs to come and relocate these things and balance with each other. That seems to be the key is like uh, you create wakes in DeFi and then arbitragers come and like correct those that dislocation that you make. Um, if you don't have dislocation, I think you, you stay on the Ethereum layer one. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, it's cool, man. I, um, I really enjoyed this episode. Do you have anything else to say about nope, it? I don't. Dan Elitzer, he predicts the future. Awesome on he, again. he really does. He really this does. This next thing. I think app chains will be a thing because Dan said it was, and he's yep. usually right. Yeah, at least one app chain. <laughs> <laughs> at least one. <laughs> one in the top five. All right, guys, this has been The Debrief. Thanks for hanging with us. Bye.